Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Not much, man. Doing pretty good. I'm, I'm feeling good. Five and zero. Oh. Um, five and zero. Oh, two years in a row. Yeah, I mean that's that's the story. Yeah. Period. End of story. Five and zero. Oh. No style yep. points. Nope. Um, although I were, I, I do think some style points were earned for at least part of the game. I this do. Weekend, but I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about things. Um, five and zero yeah. oh is is impressive. And second year in a row in a transition year. Yeah. We're, we're pretty blessed, man. I love the Bill Conley tweet about like what this is hard. <laughs> like two years in a row, this team is five and out with FBS. Like, like, yeah. Oh, this is just, uh, uh, it's such a good week to be a Duke. Um, perfect September, a September that us and pretty much everybody with any realistic, you know, look at the season, I think was, was nervous, really nervous about. Um, and I, I thought they were, they ended it rather emphatically. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into all that. Um, it's a fun, t- fun time for a bye week. As always, we are brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the shop anytime and mention the podcast and get a free sticker. I do know that they got they got all their like fall gear in now, Rob. So there's like all the, you know, neoprene gloves and the mitts and the layering crap and, you know, waders. It's a ton of new stuff from Squala and Sims. I don't know. But all the wintertime stuff, I was actually thinking, I'm like, some of this stuff would be really good for biking too. Yeah, it would. It would. Yeah. I mean, it's all the same. Performance gear is performance gear. Yes. And they basically have everything you could ever need um, for the wintertime and the kind of deep fall. Uh, really good time to get out on the water. So go by and talk to Brian and Colby and the team and set up a trip for some time this fall. Uh, the weather is incredible this coming weekend when JMU has the bye and the three-day weekend for a lot of folks. Uh, I mean, it's like in the sixties, like just pure fall, you know, um, big old leaf peeping time in the Valley. So get out and enjoy it. Rob, um, we're going to next week on the buy, we're going to talk about a lot of other sports. I mean, obviously we'll be previewing the Georgia Southern game, but we're going to talk about a lot of other things. The only thing of note this week was, I mean, we're even going to start talking about hoops. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, but definitely time to start looking ahead. Uh, but I did see volleyball. The first NCAA RPI came out today and they were ranked 12th in the country in yeah, RPI. It's pretty impressive. It's really impressive. And they're up to like, I don't know, 12 and three or so. And all three losses, I think, are to top 15 teams. I think two are top 10. I'm not sure about. Yeah. The- I mean, it's it's just, it, I mean, that's what happens when you schedule those teams is your RPI is really high. Um, maybe Jamie volleyball should teach some of the lower half of the Sunbelt basketball about how to schedule. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, but that's awesome. And volleyball is rolling again. And we were a little nervous early on, but um, moving really well. Um, And looking forward to, I'm actually hoping I can get to a game at the new, well, the old convo, the new volleyball arena. Refurbished. Yeah, it looked cool. And I love the videos we've seen of some of the matches lately. So looking forward to seeing all that. But, Obviously, tonight we're going to mostly talk about the. <laughs> it's is it possible to have a big eight point win, <laughs> like where the other team had the ball at the end? I um, I think so. I think so too. Yeah. So thirty one twenty three over South Alabama at Bridgeforth on Saturday. Fantastic parents weekend crowd um, at JMU. I think 
technically speaking, the third largest of all time, but also just they sounded great. <laughs> you know, crowd was good. Uh, there were some improvements. Rob, in my mind, this was like the most, this was like the perfect version of the 2023 JMU football team this week. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like everything that they did, you know, was the best version of itself, sort of both good and bad. Like, yeah, um, it was the full. It was the full experience. The full experience, right? Yeah, this was the full JMU football twenty twenty three ride. You know, right. you saw like all a, four corners of the theme park with this one. Yeah, they had a dominant first half where they made two mistakes. Mm-hmm. One, they gave up a bomb. Right, right. They got beat for a long touchdown. Which was a beautiful two, throw, by the way. And two, like some common, it was a great throw, some combination of like players and coaching staff absolutely bungled the clock management at the end of the half. Well, like, I don't even know, like, and the weirdest, weirdest thing about it was, I, well, we, they bungled it, whether they were trying to be conservative or be aggressive. Or run it out. Yeah. Right. right it, like, either either, one. like, I would have one. understood either choice, particularly getting the ball in the second half, but they somehow managed to do like the worst of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like so they had to run around and down it. Yeah, it, that that could right. Like if you're gonna much worse. right, if you're gonna just be conservative because you're up twenty four to seven and you're getting the ball, like then just be conservative. But they didn't do that. They threw. And then if you're going to be aggressive, then they stopped throwing. Like, I don't know. They didn't use their timeouts. Like oh, it was bizarre. Um, but otherwise, that was the most dominant half of football we've seen all season. Right. I mean. Uh, I don't know. Where, where do you want to go to start us off, Rob? Uh, just let's go right there. Yeah. I, I I understand the gripes and the it was a little closer, well, a lot closer at the end than had to be the yeah. fact that they could have very well lost. But I thought that was far and away the best game they've played this year. And mm-hmm. and I don't think it was close. You know, they, they made some mistakes, like you mentioned, but the offense made some really big plays. The defense was next level in the first half. And I didn't even think the defense played poorly. During the no, contest. I didn't either. No, I think that's you know, a great I, point. Yeah, and, they and were like, in position, like guys. I made don't a few mind those pass interference calls. Like people no. know about the calls, but like I like the fact that they were making plays on the ball. It wasn't like they were just beat and tugging out a jersey. Correct. Or, they weren't I, just like missing tackles, taking bad angles. Like guys yeah. running free all over the field. They were being aggressive and getting. They were being you know. aggressive. I'll take that. You know, yeah, no big, it's not going to bother me. Um, and I thought it's better if you got a pass interference or the guy comes over the top and maybe gets her early and gets beat. That's better than just running three steps behind a receiver, which is Completely. something we've seen earlier in the year. So I thought it was a big step forward for the pass D. Right. Um, and we missed overall, some tackles like being really aggressive, but I'll yeah. take that. You know, like, like where a guy scoot, you know, we were about to make a two yard loss and a guy. Pizza, you know, makes puts his foot in the ground and goes the other way, and like they make a seven yard gain out of it. But like we were flying around, mm-hmm. like, you know, there was a lot of hitting in that game. Um, yeah, that was it was a really good performance. Um, yeah, I thought so. I, I really, yeah. I was impressed. Yeah. No, I, I wanted to note. I don't. You want to take a first down, Rob? Do you have a particular one besides just like the overall? Um, can we talk about McLeod's running? Yes. It's a great place to start. I, yep. I thought that was a difference maker. Um, Big time. He seems to be getting more comfortable. Obviously, people are focusing on Signetti's post-game comments, and we can talk about that later. So, like, he's not there, but for a guy that didn't have the starting job 
coming out yep. of camp. You know, the first couple of games clearly was trying to develop some consistency and some, you know, rhythm with his with his receivers and with his handle of the overall offense. He looks like he kind of has it now. He's much more willing to run. And I think that just adds an extra element that could put this Duke's offense over the top and really go from, you know, five and a start. What do we have to this is a legit contender for the Sun Belt. So yep. I thought he was great with his feet. He's quicker than I than I thought he was. Yeah. And even showed a willingness to, you know, get in there and, and you know, initiate contact a couple of times. So yeah. I thought that was a really, really positive development. And it's something we've seen glimpses of, but yep. the announcers were talking about him being like, you know, a dual threat. Dual we threat. weren't really hearing that in the beginning of the year. So I thought no. that was great. That was one thing that really stood out to me. It was also nice to see, you know, we saw, like you said about the glimpses, we saw a little bit in the Utah State game where he pulled the ball and you know, he scored two rushing touchdowns. <clears throat> And you started to see like, okay, maybe there's a little growth here. And then this week we saw real improvement in that way. Yeah. Like this just you. like, I, I know he threw the pick again, but a couple of times it was like, I'm pulling it down, I'm running. And, you know, ended up making a couple, you know, 10 to 30 yard gains out of that. Like really good plays. And I, I <laughs> true dork that I am, um, I rewatched a lot of the JMU Georgia Southern game <laughs> this morning from last year. Um, I didn't know if people were in the, in the, you know, the frustration of the loss last year, Georgia Southern is the exact same team they were last year. Mm-hmm. Like they throw the ball all over the field. They scare the hell out of me. We'll get to that next week, but they're terrible on defense. Like everyone can score on them. Everyone can run the ball, throw the ball, do everything you want. And one thing that Centeo did last year was just run constantly. Like he, I, I don't remember how many, what his yardage total was in that game, but he ran for a ton. And to kind of think like, oh, we're headed into the bye week and getting prepared for this team. Like, it's nice to think like McLeod is feeling more confident running the ball. So I think that's a great place to start. Um, I don't know. For second down, Rob, the one thing I wanted to point out was a couple. I was really impressed when you were talking about like just JMU playing their best game. I know it's frustrating the way that it kind of ended. Like you feel like, oh, God, I can't believe they got the ball back, you know, in a one and a half procession game kind of at the end, but I was really impressed with some of the little things that JMU did this week, Rob on the first Horton touchdown, the first long one Sproles, the Sproles block down there. Yes. Like, and it's, you know, it's not like he's pancaking people or anything, but here's your slot receiver 40 yards downfield, still blocking on a guy at the 10 yard line that creates the touchdown. Like undoubtedly that's a huge play. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Um, I thought it was great that way, you know, big fan, like on Twitter, it's been pointed out like in the last couple of days, the Kalon black pass protection, mm-hmm. the block where he just like, like decleated a guy. Yeah. And you just think like, and then I saw like John Miller saying like, I'm so lucky to coach guys like this. This is what we talk about all the time. Like, you know, just that kind of thing is so great to see. Um, I thought Aiden Fisher, who had an inc- another incredible game, you know, has been really one of the true heroes for this team the last three weeks. In the, you know, while they have a, have had all these injuries at linebacker, but there was a play where he made two, he had to make the tackle twice. Like he ran in, hit the guy, and the guy bounced off, and he got up and like tackled him again. You know, and I just like these are the kind of effort plays that you could tell. Even Signetti after the game, he was thrilled you know, with the effort from this team. 
And those kind of plays are just, they're huge. And you just don't see, I, I didn't see them from the other team this week. <laughs> you know, I didn't see them from South Al at all. So really happy with the little things. Also thought there was a real, uh, I think it was the first JMU, maybe the second touchdown. I can't remember, but there was a really good hold on an extra point at one point with a high snap. Uh, you know, I noticed that too. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, these are the kind of things that like, this really helps. Like, you know, kind of getting through. It was over the guy's head and he got it and brought it down. Yeah. That was a really nice play. Yeah. And you're just like, this is, this is good. This is really good. So I don't know. The little things was kind of my second down. Uh, What about you for third down, Rob? I I mean, I usually try to make it just like, Oh, one player in a good game or stay away from that because it's obvious, but Julian green, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to get any names right? Yeah. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. Taurus Carroll. Somebody yeah, yeah. Um no, he's just been he's been a man amongst boys. Um he has. I think he's isn't he tied for the nation's lead in sacks at this point? Yeah, and it's crazy because he hasn't been a starter technically no. since like week one because yeah. they moved Tyreek Tucker into the lineup. I mean, that's not Jalen Green's fault. It hasn't been about his play. It's just been about like the way the just lineup the way shakes the out. Position best, he's right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he is um, just getting into the backfield routinely now. Oh my gosh! Um, an absolute force. If you watched it on TV, I don't know if people were there oh, had a chance monster. to actually watch it, but just monstrous. And like the announcers, absolutely raving over him and the entire front four. Um, that makes a big difference, and that's going to help the pass defense on the back end. You yep. know, the best thing they can do is get strong pressure. You know, that's yep. the biggest thing that's going to help them. So I thought he was amazing. Like that was one of the better games I think I've seen him play, and he's had some good oh, ones. Yeah. And I mean, that whole group, I mean, because Kamara, I think Kamara had the tip on the pick six that, mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Green had. Kamara had that really good sack where his helmet got knocked off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're playing great. And it is one of those things too. Yeah. Jalen Green was just awesome, Rob. And you're right. I mean, the category leading stuff, the, yeah, it's just great. There's also yeah, a lot three, of like. Three and a half yeah. tackles for loss, two Two and a half sacks. It's just and then obviously the interception, um, right, and the touchdown. And yeah. turn, I don't know. It's just that, that was a stellar game. And the first half defense. I mean, how how South Al did not completely wilt and lose every bit of will they had to even come out of the locker room is actually yeah. a credit to them because they could do nothing right no. in the face of Jamie's defense. And they didn't even like do anything terribly wrong. They just no. couldn't make positive yards like yeah they, they could not run the ball at all and they just oh yeah it was oh, it was fantastic stuff from the jamie defense and i think one of the things about that it was nice so taurus jones was back this week um i, I thought jamie did a good job of it seemed like they kind of limited him a little bit i mean we still mm-hmm. obviously fisher's pretty much as just i mean fisher's a starter regardless of who is healthy at this point i think but Trent Hendrick played most of the game as well. Um, but it was nice. They were able to kind of, I mean, once they got up 24 seven, they were also able to a little bit massage some of those lineup. You know, we didn't see much Lawton in the second half. Who's been a little bit banged up on offense. Didn't see much Taurus Jones in the second half. Who obviously is coming back from injury. You hope with the bye week, like maybe Jalen Walker, probably going to be, you know, you're hopeful. Maybe he comes back. Um, certainly seems to be on the way back. So, yeah, really hopeful for a lot of that stuff, for sure. Uh, I thought D'Angelo Pons, Rob, like 
he's really established himself as a corner and that's helping a lot. He's fearless you, and he, he yeah. goes after the ball. He's aggressive. Like he's a guy who's probably going to get beat a lot, but he's also going to make some big stops along the way. And I, I love the aggressive aggressiveness we saw from him. Yeah. And I thought Chuck Winecki was really good again. This oh week. yeah. Like back yeah. to sort of like what we expect from him. I mean, he made a couple open field tackles that were really good and just felt like that's the aggression. You know, Meehan made the pick at the end of the game after getting sort of a friendly fire, you know, he got dinged up down near the goal line on that one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, they're getting a little better play. I, I, that's what I felt like there was improvement here. And like you said, you know, the final score didn't, didn't totally do it, you know, and Lacey was good <laughs> here. I was railing about number six and then South Al has special number. <laughs> he wears number five this week, Yeah, <laughs> but you know, He's really good and he made some plays, but he didn't make, he wasn't the one who hit the home runs for him, you know? And I just, I felt like you, I'm like, this is the defense. This is what's going to happen with JMU. Um, Go back and watch Georgia Southern's loss, for example, this year against Wisconsin, their team, you know, as JMU starts looking ahead, you know, if you're going to be this aggressive on defense, sometimes you're going to give up plays, but you're also, that aggression is what buys you. The Jalen Green, you know, the pick, the pick six. Yeah. And I, that's the way it's going to be. And I, yeah, I just thought JMU was. a. And I, I guess was, this one was different than last week where mm-hmm. I really felt like JMU was in danger of kind of choking up the, choking the lead. Yeah, I never really was that nervous I about this, this week. to me. No. And it's just my optic no. and whatever. It was a single possession game. They certainly could won. It seemed a little bit more garbage timey than it a did. collapse. And maybe yeah. that's just the way I was viewing it, or I was I was more assured that it was going to work out. But um, no, I mean, it was a tie also, game with ten minutes to go last week. Yeah, this week and, it was not right. <laughs> like, and we're also you know a questionable hold on Zach yeah. Horton. That goes the other oh, way. Oh, on the Kalen Black the two the touchdown game. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and that also changes Kalen Black's day. I mean, if you look at it, like I thought For he, sure. he had some really nice runs. I was surprised when I looked at the stats after the game what a good job South Al did against him. You know, he he didn't have a bad game, but it was kind of pedestrian. Whereas in the moment, I felt like he did a lot of good things and was moving the chains. And it might've just been that one big run that came back that I, I kind of counted that as a highlight, but unfortunately yeah. it didn't really work out. Now, um, and then we can kind of get into it for, I don't know, kind of fourth down here. But yeah, there was, Signetti gave, you know, his press conference, what was that, today? <laughs> no. oh, yeah, he, he had the same comments. Um, he had the same comments. He was obviously pretty Saturday. pleased with everything. He wasn't down about this game at all. Um, I know there's some folks who have read in to his comments to be maybe critical of McLeod. I thought that's – he's doing some coaching through the media um, in advance of a bye week. It was the way I read it. You know, he's challenging a, a veteran player, you know, who wasn't – the starter like, and you know, all the reporting was he wasn't the starter for like, say two or three weeks before the opener. Yeah. And now he has a week off when we're five and oh, and he's playing well. Like he has to have the, you know, his confidence has got to be there to, to sort of take some coaching now you would think. And that was the only thing I read into it. Um, yeah. Well, what I, I, Read into it, yes, he certainly was coaching in the media. I thought he also was speaking to the opponents. Like he very clearly stated that he knew what the defense was doing 
and he knows what his quarterback should have been doing to counter it. So it's almost like, hey, don't don't try that again. Don't just drop eight. We're going to have a plan. I'm going to tell, you know, work with the quarterback. He's going to know what to do. Um, it, he was critical in the postgame comments about the pitch that should have been made. And, oh, you know, we do that 25-yard gain. Eh, I, I can see when you go back and watch that, I can see why a coach would say it was there. I could also see if you're the quarterback and you look right to, you might not want yeah. to make that pitch. So that one, right. whatever. But um, yeah, I, I thought he was just coaching in the media. I didn't think it was any sort of indication that like McLeod should be looking over his shoulder. Nope. It was like, Hey, Jordan, he played well. We both, but he statistically did. he left some throws out there. There's no, sure. there's no doubt about that. Um, there were some other situations. Where, like, yeah, you know, those are some good little play. Like, I, yeah, there's some good balls in this game. You know, we also have guys, I mean, Reggie Brown has been terrific this year. Yep. He's also dropped a fair number of passes. Yep. You know, it's and uh, that stuff happens. Nobody's yep. calling for Reggie Brown nope. to be benched. Look, because he's also you take those big plays. You know, you drop three balls in a season. Okay, you three you want back. It's not the end of the world. Same thing. McLeod misses some throws. It's not the end of the world. Yep. You'd want him back, but the guy still had multiple touchdowns. Um, that the pick was not great. Whatever. Nope. He was aggressive. It didn't work out for him. So I don't think this is a situation where it's like, oh, get ready after the break. We're going to see Alonzo. Maybe we do. I don't know. But but if we do, it's going to be because of something that goes down in the future, not anything that happened on Saturday. That's what I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any concern there. And I mean, McLeod hadn't played, you know, hadn't played meaningful football in a couple of years. And he's, you know, now he's played five games or four games in a quarter or whatever. And, you know, yeah. I mean, clearly one of the things that's, you know, when he gets really pressured and then tries to make a play, we've seen the last two weeks, that's where the interception has come. You know, those rollouts are right. Where maybe he just needs to keep, you know, if he's really pressured, tuck it and run. You know, keep keep trying to do do what he, because we've also seen him make some really good plays with his feet the last couple of weeks. So I think that's just, Keep keep learning. Keep keep working at it. Uh, the other weird thing coming out of this game, Rob, for people who are really into their advanced stats, Jamie is like the weirdest team to evaluate uh, because they have had such a strange start. I, I did see there was <clears throat> that expected, what is it, expected wins or something? Like one of the Bill Conley ones was mm-hmm. uh, S&P Plus type things. Jamie is actually outperforming their expected wins. And yet they're one of the worst teams in the country in turnover luck so far. Like they have like gotten screwed on all the, like the fumble bounces kind of thing, like all that randomness. So there was just a little discussion today about like, they're very difficult to evaluate. Um, And I don't know. I'm just, I'm thrilled. I mean, they're five and oh, and they got the two, they got a buy, and then the two teams they lost to last year in five days. And this is going to be so much fun <laughs> setting up for the rest of the season. And, you know, yeah, that's it be- is a tough team to evaluate for sure. It is. Um, I don't know. I mean, because you could say, like, I, I, I guess I could understand, like, a fan of an opposing team saying, well, they're lucky to be 5 and 0. They should be 4 and 1. But I wouldn't really buy that for anything less than 4 and 1. Like, I don't feel like they've been, like, I felt like they were, they were just significantly better than Utah State and South Alabama on the field, I felt like, the last two weeks. Yeah. They sort of botched it 
I mean, they flat out botched it with Utah State a little bit, um, but they got through this stretch. And it's so funny that they're 5-0 and just like they were last year. And they play Georgia Southern just like they did last year. So, yeah, it's a it's a different sort of feel. Like it's weird. It feels think- better this year in a way. Uh, I mean, I mean, it felt. It, I, I guess last year felt so heady because they'd beat App State, right? Yeah, they had that kind of signature win. Well, it, not only not they were only that was App State, but the fact that they came down. Like it looked like, oh boy, this FBS thing is going to be a whole lot tougher. Here we are in conference. Mm-hmm. They were getting kind of shelled at the half, and then yep. they came back and won. This team's weird. I think I said something to you in the text thread on yep. Saturday, but like it's they they don't seem capable of playing four quarters, so they haven't had their A game at all. Well, I guess but that's they, what I mean. Yeah. But they also kind of seem like they're overachieving in certain ways because they're you know so like yes. I kind of get when people say you, you can't make sense of it because it's still not clear who's like who's the man in terms of the passing game. We think it's Reggie Brown, but then he has games where like Saturday. You know what? He have one catch. Um, we still don't know what Sproles is doing. I think he's got right. a much higher ceiling. The and running yet we game. We talked about last week that they needed to unlock the tight ends, and look they what did. Happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But like running the ball, they they didn't have a great day running the ball, and nope. we thought that was going to be one of the marquee elements of this team. So, you know, it's not all there. But then you look at it and you're like, well, it's still mostly FCS. FCS recruits. And so they're punching them of their weight in that regard. I don't know. I don't know what to make sense of this team other than the fact that they're five and zero, and it's been five really fun games. Yeah. And if they play four quarters, like they did the first half this week, they could be Maryland, right? Like, you know, like they could be Penn state, you know, like, like that's just a weird, yeah, it's a weird uh, year. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't, it does seem like in a way they've underachieved. I mean, or they haven't played up to their potential. They haven't played up to their potential. And yet they're still 5-0. and oh. So in that sense, I kind of feel like they've overachieved. Right, correct. That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Because like, they're not putting together, they're having complete breakdowns for at least one quarter, most of the games, yet they just keep winning. So it's just weird. Like, you look at some of these things that have happened, and you look at, you know, the offense just disappearing for 15 minutes. Yep. But yet they still come out with a win. Or, you know, they did a lot of things well on Saturday. They made some mistakes, but like last week, they were just gagging that game away. And then at the end, it's like, oh, time to play. Let's step up on defense and cause a turnover. Like it's just, yeah. it's weird. I, I don't know. It's a very I wonder. I, I actually wonder what it's so funny because I do, you're right. Last year, when they got to five and oh, I felt like they had maximized everything they their could abilities. Yeah. Their abilities, right? Like they were hitting playing on all cylinders. At full, yes, their full capacity was on display. Now, and I, I still think that actually, but I do wonder, was that my own purple colored glasses of thinking like, la- like coming into last year, I thought like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. Yeah. And then because things went right, I'm like, they're doing incredible. And maybe they weren't, you know, if you ask the coaches, maybe they were missing things even early in the season last year. I don't know. Um, where this year, I feel like there's like the floor is high this year. And the ceiling doesn't seem like they've even approached it. You know, like they could play better. Um, and that's that's really exciting for this thing. Yep. So we talked about the stats. Uh, Rob, I got a few little nits to pick, but I don't have um, too much else. I uh, Anything like substantively you want to talk about here? 
No, I've never had a substantive thing to say on this podcast. I mean, look, I, by all accounts, everything, everybody seems to agree. The in-stadium experience was significantly approved from week one and credit to JMU for that. Hopefully it will improve again as we go forward. Um, I know there's more to do, but considering they had 26,000 plus fans, many of whom are sort of unfamiliar with like getting around the stadium, you know, how this all works. It sounds like things were much better. I know they had roaming concessions, Rob. That's good to hear. At least in the concourse, there was like guys selling, you know, waters and sodas and stuff like, like, you know, separate from the actual concession stand. So that's a big thing. Uh, News to me, but not to a lot of other people is there is gate E back there by the bridge from Greek row. Uh, people are starting to discover that it's a really good ingress egress to the stadium. Like you can walk around between the lake and the back of the garage and get there. You don't have to wait in that main entrance line. If you don't want, that sounds really good. Uh, yeah. So music much improved. Uh, you know, a lot of sounded like everybody was pretty happy with just lots and lots of things. I thought the band was awesome this week. Uh, crowd stuck around a while. Probably, uh, as we said, it's a it's a nice it's a silver lining to the noon kick. Um, we'll come back to the noon kick in a second. Uh, we did have, we do have the MRDs still playing sending the clowns at halftime. I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, it really, it's it's like it's like Rickers just doubled down on me. Like he went, like, oh, you think John Williams is old? <laughs> Wait a lot. Like, what are we gonna have? Ann Murray next week? <laughs> like, <laughs> The fucking Golden Girls episode. <laughs> oh, anyways, something's too old for us. Right, it's probably too old for the general fan base. Right, I'm like, oh my god. Ah, <laughs> uh, but we did get word today. I'd actually, we were talking about it this morning. Um, I told my dad this morning. I, I was like, man, I'll bet Jamie's gonna be on noon. I bet they're gonna be the noon game again. And they are for Georgia Southern. In a weird way, it's a sign of respect. I mean, they want to put that they're on ESPN two. Um, you know, that's what's going to happen. This is the open slot for the Sun Belt on ESPN, so they're going to put the best games on. Uh, we're all going to learn to love it. Um, it's definitely cool. There's no doubt. I mean, they've played what they played NFL Network this week. They were ESPNU. I think they were already on ACC they, Network or something. Or ESPN yeah, they were ACC the Network for UVA. I, I don't know. They've been. They've just had a run of games, and now they're going to be on ESPN two. On also, Sun, on they Saturday, had a game broadcast going to, by USA. Or what's U- that? USU, and also the Mountain West. Which oh, and was also not the quite the quality. Oh, God, we were um, that's flow style right there. Yeah, and then also, um, so they're going to have two games on like big ESPN in five days when we come back from the bye. So they're going to play ESPN two on. Saturday, and then they're probably going to play ESPN two again on Thursday. I mean, it could be ESPN, I think, on Thursday. Uh, yeah, because the Thursday night football's Amazon, Amazon or whatever. So yeah, I mean, they like, and don't get me wrong. If it's if JMU and Marshall, well, first of all, there's a lot between now and then. Uh, JMU has to beat Georgia Southern to be obviously. Uh, Marshall plays NC State this week, and. Than at Georgia State. Uh, one cool thing about the JMU noon game, Rob against Georgia Southern, is 
JMU plays at noon at home on that Saturday before their first Thursday game. And Georgia State, I mean, uh, yeah, Marshall goes to Georgia State at 7 p.m. on ESPN2 that same night before they have to travel back to Huntington and then, you know, play for the Thursday game. My guess is the coaches are perfectly content playing a noon game on the short week, you know. Um, But that should be really fun. I mean, can you even imagine? Look, if Marshall beats NC State this week, the hype for that JMU Marshall game is going to go through the roof to see if those two teams can hold serve, you know, against really good Georgia Southern and Georgia State teams. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot. And NC like State's I said, rolling out a new quarterback this weekend. Yeah, that's. I mean, NC State hasn't been doing anything. And, no. uh I mean, come on, Marshall. QB. Yeah. Mm. Louisiana did not pull it off. They did. Well, they pushed the 11 point number at Minnesota this week. So the run of Sunbelt wins over Power Five was broken. But maybe Marshall can get us back this week. Man, I. I mean, if you, if Marshall and JMU were both undefeated on a Thursday night, ESPN would. This would be like. That'd that's big, an old school ESPN time. Thursday night yeah. game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be awesome. So really fun. Uh, I, I think I'm basically out of nits to pick. Um, don't worry about the team from Lynchburg, everybody. Like we, we don't have to start this year. We're not eligible for these things. So don't worry about it. Like, I don't know. There'll be future years when they run through the, the CUSA nonsense. I did laugh that this weekend there was a lot of discussion of um, apparently the American athletic is people keep saying they're catching the CUSA. Like they just look terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. like they let these CUSA teams in and now they're, they look, they look just like them. Um, it's pretty great. The Sunbelt is like the story. They are the group of five conference. It's so fun. We don't need to even worry about these other teams. Uh, Rob, the one thing I wanted to ask you, I know we're old, but I still don't love the gold helmets, man. This goes back to no. last week. I don't like there them. was all this discussion this week about people they're being boring. like, I want the gold helmets again after last week. And I'm like, ah, they're just fine. Like, I actually don't hate, the, I don't hate them on the blackout day, like when we do the black uniforms. But they look so classic. We just look so good in this white, purple, white, right? Yeah, no. I agree. Yeah. Like, oh, anyways. People are going to get mad again. No, I've said. Well, I mean, let people get mad. Yeah. I'm not mad if they, if they like gold. Great. I no. I personally don't. I think I've never really liked them. Um, I just I think they're kind of boring. That's that's kind of what I am. Yeah. If they put like a I mean, big I'm not going to freak out. It's not like I'm not going to root for the team. No, no, no. Right. But, um, if they put, and that I big... understand people that don't want the heyday of like brand new uniforms every week. Every week. And I thought the decals that clearly were like coming off during games, but I like the white lids with the purple and gold yeah. stripe down the middle. To me, that's well, a good I, look. I think Signetti has actually like kind of put the clamps down on the, like, we're not going to be Oregon. We're going to have a, this is our look. Like, you know, I think college um, football in general has kind of gone a little bit more that way. It's, it's, yeah. it was getting a little over the top when every weekend teams were rolling out completely brand new uniforms. It was exciting for a while, but then it just, it kind of jumped the shark. Yeah. Um, Maryland looks awesome in their classic back to their classic uniform this year, instead of doing like the full under armor, we're going to do, you know, we're going to try to be East coast Oregon thing, but yeah, regardless, Rob, I have a question for you and a request um, of the internet. (laughs) Um, But first my question. So 
big, this was a big weekend in, in like dadding. Um, mm-hmm. I know you had a, you had a big dad weekend playing this weekend. Um, you got girl, the new Wilco girl, album dad. Friday and then we had a noon kick Saturday. Yeah. It was really yeah, fantastic. Was um, did you have any early feelings on the Wilco album? I enjoyed it. I listened to it driving okay. around to work. Okay. So I haven't yeah. really dove in. Um, I mean, it sounds very much like a Wilco album. It sounds like a fall Wilco album, if that makes that, sense. Yeah, I got through it, like three it, songs. I was like, ah, yeah. Right. I, I like it, but I'm also kind of a, a stand for, for Wilco. Right. Oh, well, yes. As one is. Better than National Album, for sure. But no, <laughs> I have not gotten like way intense deep into it, but I did enjoy it listening. I've listened to it two or three times. You got um, And definitely like it. All right. So that's good to hear. You guys heard it here first. Listen to the Wilcom. Um, Rob, my request of the interwebs is, do you remember on the message boards when um, JMU Sachs Cow, I think he's like the New Hampshire guy or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. Some, he lives up north, but the guy used to do the, um, he used to do the, like the playoff projection thing every yeah. week on the mm-hmm. message board. And he would start like, I don't know, week six, week seven, around this time of the season, mid season kind of breaking down like all the conferences and like oh the auto bids and yeah yeah. it was really good and it was like well these teams can only take one more loss or they can't get an auto bid or you know this team could still win the conference but they're already eliminated from you know all these weird permutations we need some version of that to see if jamie can sneak into a bowl yes that's what i was wondering so i really started looking into it today and i was like i don't have the like i don't have the skills to figure this out just to figure out, like, because so you have all these bold tie-ins where, like, you know, if a team from the Mountain West, right, is eligible, then they will, then there will be a Mountain West team in X Bowl, right? Whatever it is, the New Mexico Bowl, or you know, whatever. And I can't figure out, like, I was trying to figure out, like, how last year, you know, there ended up with three slots that could potentially go to JMU. And I was like, man, we really need Sax Cow to like do a breakdown of how this all works. Because I don't want to get excited, you know, as we... Yeah, which is not happening. Yeah, I mean, I don't actually care. I mean, I want to go 12-0 and 0 at this point. Like, really, I just want to beat Georgia Southern and Marshall. And then we'll worry about it from there. But, you know, yeah, I do. I, I started thinking about it today. I'm like, it's unbelievable. In the second year in FBS, they're one win away from bowl eligibility. And it was kind of cool that they, it was cool that they talked about it on the broadcast today. Uh, as you and I both talked about before we got on here, the broadcast itself was really good. And I thought they were really respectful of JMU and like did a pretty good job announcing the game. But man, do those, do they take forever? Oh, they're, it's too long. That's the big yeah. thing. Like uh, yeah. I will, I will be the hot take of the week saying, you know, while I obviously love the exposure of the national broadcast, yeah. Oh boy, are they long affairs. There's so much fat built into those things, man. It's tough. Oh, and these, can like be- you said, the 30 second timeouts are like a minute. They go a minute seconds. and a half, two minutes. Yeah. yeah you know? Like they're like, this will be a 30 second timeout. And I keep thinking like, I can't leave. Yeah. And then they're a minute right and a half later. They haven't even started the play clock. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it's brutal, man. Yeah. So I don't know. Sex cow. If you're out there, um, you feel like putting in the time would love it on this bowl breakdown thing because yeah. i just had no idea where to even begin you know if it's if it's like jamie was popping up on some of these but i have no idea I, I don't even know i have you know 
we were talking about it at our house and we were like, well, maybe we should root against army and Navy. Cause like they have lots of bull tie-ins and both of them seem in danger of not getting to six wins this year. But I don't know if that actually helps or not. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't understand how it works. Like if it defaults to somebody else, like what the trickle down is, um, if some of these yeah. ones that have tie-ins with certain conferences, do they go in conference before being able to select somebody's eligible? I don't know. And Wait, like, like, do you, I start I don't really... rooting against Mississippi State because I want them to stay at five? You know, like, is that a thing? You know, because if they get to six, like, obviously they're going to get a, you know, if you're in the SEC, like, you're going to get a bull bid. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> it was a funny thing. So, Rob, did we have an OT tonight? Do you want to do... Sunbelt mascots as actual football players. Oh my gosh. Guess? Yes, that's a good one. Well, at least you can do this one while I think about it as you. Well, I got it. Well, you know, oh, I got I'm, mine. I think I got mine. Yeah. I I got to look up what the damn mascots are. I'm the most selfish fan. Like I pay opponents zero respect. I do not keep up with them. Okay. I don't yeah. read like I can, so like I'm trying to go through what do we got? Old Dominion Monarchs. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Then Marshall's what the herd? The herd's pretty good. It's a little annoying because it's very NDSU-ish, right? Yeah, the herd would be very good in terms of yeah interior line play. Yeah, but I can't imagine herd would have any sort of ball skills. Like you can't catch. (laughs) No, herd herd not good at that. Monarchs, whatever. Just because it's ODU, I'm going to say it's terrible, even if it's not. Um, Then what do we got? Moving down, Chanticleers. No, no, no. Like, no. Just There's the most rooster. mismatched next name ever for that thing, for that school. Georgia Mountaineers State's Mountaineers is just a guy. That's just a guy with a beard. Right. Um, Georgia Southern is just an eagle. Southern Miss is just an eagle. Those are fine. I mean, I guess those are potentially good, right? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if they're going to do any line play. What? Are we looking at Troy? Troy. I was thinking Arkansas State, Red Wolves. Yeah. That's pretty good, right? You got yeah. way more agility than a herd. Yeah, they're think. agile on offense, but the group mentality on defense is pretty good. Yeah, right? and and I think a good one they could kind of do like a frisbee dog type thing, yeah. catching the ball. Yeah, in ways that herd simply could not. So that that that's good. Um, they might actually be better than the actual Arkansas State team in real life. Um, <laughs> Although they look pretty good with their freshman quarterback they do. now. They do. Yeah. They're, they're turning the corner and that would be good for the league because I think they do yeah. have serious fans and I thought a really nice stadium if we're going to last year. Yeah. yeah the weird yeah. water yeah. feature. Waterfall and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Texas state is a Bobcat. That's fine. It's little, whatever. That's not a thing. Raging Cajun. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know what the Raging Cajun would do. I don't know. Best, best. I don't know if they, do sure. they have an actual mascot? Like what is a raging Cajun? Like, I mean, I, I get why know. they're called the raging Cajuns. I just like, do they have a thing? I don't know. I guess we'll find out next year. Maybe. I would I think know. the Troy Trojans. Uh, I mean, yeah, other Trojans than the pretty that, good at a Trojan, you know, predates football by centuries. That could be yeah. a, a bit of a learning curve, but I think you've got kind of raw athletes there. Yeah, like, we think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, then the whole surprise elements. So I think they, for me, that's the leader in the clubhouse right now. Yeah. Um, Duke Arch Dog's Staten. up there. Duke, Duke Dog's up. I mean, Duke Dog, obviously. This is the non Duke Dog just, category, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I think it goes without saying. Yeah. Oh. Who are we missing? What other teams are there? I don't think uh, Monroe, Warhawks, but that's just like the Eagles. Like, yeah. yeah. Right? I, I, birds can't play football. I'm just. That's a, that's just, everybody knows that. I know. I figure the next year we're going to get 
two of the three, we're going to get the two Louisianas and Southern Miss next year, I would assume, in the schedule. Yeah. Two of those three will be fun. That's the end of... Yeah, I mean, Marshall's the one that... I don't think we're missing anybody else. I mean, I, you I could heard put Red together Wolves. quite a team. Like if you took oh, Marshall, if you, yeah. If you took the herd and made them the interior line, mm-hmm. Troy, Tro- I, I got to think a Trojan could be a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And no. then, like you said, the the Wolves on the end. Yeah. I got to go Wolves and Trojans for me. That that's the one-two combo. Yeah, those are um, good. Yeah, the West is definitely stronger in no. in terms of mascots having actual football ability. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, Rob. I'm gonna I'm gonna confess something in the spirit of um just annoying the hell out of the like football guy fans who are mad um about. And, and I put myself in the group. There was a lot of uh, pop culture coverage on the NFL this weekend, <laughs> particularly uh, last night. If you tuned yeah. into the game, um, I, I did for a little bit. Yeah, but I have to confess, last year when Midnight's came out. I did actually make a list thinking I was going to have like do a whole like, you know, funny conspiracy theory thing about JMU performances after each Taylor Swift album. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, um, the Midnight's came out last year, the day before the Marshall game, the day Mm -hmm. before we played our worst game of the year. And so I shelved this as an overtime topic. Um, But JMU is seven and three all time just thought it was important to note seven and three all time in the game immediately following the most immediately following a Taylor album. So yes, the debut album is October of Oh six. The interesting thing was this, that almost all of her albums are, she only has one summer album. So they almost all come out in the fall, like during football season, which was why this like had fascinated me to begin with. Yeah. So Oh six debut, the 27, 10 win over Richmond. Uh, this was kind of a fun thing. Fearless came out in November, followed by a huge, that was the big, the JMU 08, Rob, uh, 48-24 over William & Mary in 08. Uh, hmm. It's kind of fun to look back. One of the few losses, unfortunately, is Speak Now, October 30th, 2010, lost 21-14 to UMass back when UMass was part of the old conference. Oh, man. That's yeah, it's a rough one. I was like, I think we might have watched that with Rich. I'm like, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red, JMU won. Uh, that was a homecoming game, 28-21 over Georgia State in 2012, actually. So it's kind of funny, a little Sunbelt connection there from the old conference. Uh, eight, 1989 came out the very end of October and huge JMU homecoming win over William & Mary, 31-24 in 2014. Uh, Reputation came out in November. And they beat Richmond the very next day, 20 to 13. Lover came out in 19. They That was a loss. They, so this was late August of 2019. And then the opening game was the loss at West Virginia, 20 to 13. Um, in one of the more frustrating, I think, FBS games Jamie ever played as an FCS team. Uh, Folklore came out in July. So the opener of the, and then that was the one that's weird because we didn't play in the fall and the opener of the COVID spring season was a 52-0 win over Moorhead State. Um, yeah. And then the same thing, ironically, uh, you the same game, right? Because they Folklore and Evermore both came out in that fall or that year when Jamie didn't play. So that was Moorhead State. And then last year they lost to Marshall. So anyways, 
that was That's me nerding out. Analysis. Last fall, I had written this thinking like, oh, they're going to beat Marshall. And I'm going to talk about how they're like nine and one and they're not. <laughs> so, oh, well, yeah. but you'll need to do the analysis for Taylor's versions. Yeah. No, so, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have that. But <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that was my, um, yeah. Anyways, us glomming on to the weekend's big news. Um, yeah, I actually didn't watch any of that game, but. Well, I went to bed. I'm assuming like everybody else, I just like turned it off, went to bed early and then found out this morning it was a you know relatively close game in the end. Yeah, pass interference but, or something like that at the end. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know. How are your boys doing tonight? Oh, they were losing 7 nothing last night. Last night. Okay. So, All right. we, we well, shall see. Maybe that'll I don't know. I was in the I was in full moral victory mode for um Susie had brought home some of those by Dan like Old Ox Brewing the by Dan IPAs <laughs> this weekend. And yeah, I was very pleased. Oh, with, the, the Snyder ones? The Snyder ones, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, yes, yesterday I was just delighted with an overtime loss, um, even though that I know that, you know, that's not a thing, but who knows? So Moral victories post Moral victories. owner yeah. ever will allow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Rob, it's going to be good to take a little week off, right? <laughs> I'm looking like forward we, to it, actually. Yeah, we could all I, use I've a enjoyed break. these past five weeks, but it's it's tough for me. The weekends are very busy, and it's nice to have one less thing to plan around. Mm-hmm. And actually, you'll almost have a couple things. weeks because you'll we'll do George Southern and then have a Thursday night game. Yeah, I'm no, very much I'm, looking forward to that. Actually, yeah, I was like, we'll even we even just think about how we schedule this. But <laughs> anyways, yeah, the Thursday night game is going to be really cool, regardless. And I will say. These noon games, I know people, it, it kind of sucks, but it is fun being on ESPN2 all the time or, yeah. you know, one of the linear ESPN channels. It's a huge deal. Like you were talking about your boys, friends watching these games and, you know. It's big exposure for sure. It is. There's And and the kind of exposure that like, you know, Tech played this weekend in the, I don't know what they play, late afternoon or evening. And, you know, this kind of thing where like people are watching the JMU game at their tailgate just because it's on. You know, um, it's it's a big deal. It's definitely a big deal and really cool for the program. And I I was also reminded this week, I, I think the noon game might be better for the home team. Like, I'd hate to play a noon game as a road team. <laughs> like, just yeah. wake up and go out there. I don't know. Yeah, it's Anyways. not easy for sure. Yeah. So let's beat Georgia Southern. I can't believe Jamie's played two seasons in FBS and they've been 5-0 and in both of them. And then face Georgia Southern. And then, well, yeah, well, let's put that side aside until we get through the next game. But still, what a run. I mean, they're 13 and three since they got to FBS. They played a full NFL schedule and they are 13 and three. Like, it's, you know, all of our complaints and nitpicks and other things. Come on, y'all. Like, this is really fun. And most fan bases don't have it this way. So let's enjoy it. So, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right, man. It's just, yep. I mean, I wasn't convinced we were going to get five wins all year last year, uh, let alone get out to a five and a start and to do it back to back years is, it's crazy. And what, did you see the stat? It's like Wisconsin, JMU. Oh yeah. And some other team, you know, with like 20, oh, 20 year plus cons- years of 500 or above better. 500. Who was the other team? It definitely was Wisconsin along with JMU. It was Wisconsin. Was it? Was it USC? No. No. Um, 
I don't know, but it, it's another like one like that, right? It's yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We got to get Oregon, thing going. maybe. Yeah, I don't know, but it was like something like that, right? It was like, yeah. If there's three teams in the country that have 20 plus seasons of being 500 or better, and JMU is one of them, and that's really fantastic. I mean, yeah. we've been we've been really fortunate, and you know. Last year, it took them five games to get ranked. This year, it's going to take seven, I think. Um, but let's let's win seven. <laughs> let's get there. Let's test it out, you know. It's also, I mean, God bless all these guys on the team. And they are playing, and they're showing that so many of them were overlooked as FCS oh recruits. Gosh, and they really, they, yeah. they deserved not only to be on the stage, but to excel on the stage. But much like with Dion in Colorado, like, there is an argument you made. You better get JMU now, because things are only going to get better. I think that's as right. They start being able to recruit at the FBS level, you know, you can now go in there and go head to head against the other power five schools in Virginia. You yeah. know, it's not a foregone conclusion that if a kid gets an offer from Virginia tech and JMU, he's taking Virginia tech because it's FBS. I'm not saying Jamie is going to win all those battles, Mm-mm. but I think they will be They're They're going to be battles now. We're actually be recruiting. So I, I really yeah. think that the momentum from last year, carrying it forward to this year, if you can keep it going through the full transition, and for me, the full transition is going to be probably like four years, like one full class all the way through in FPS. Yep. I don't know. The sky's the limit. It's, it's going to be. And, and, and just look, I know it's going to be tough on these kids and they're, they're going to have a lot of decisions to make, but there are six guys, including Horton, who start on the offensive line this year who can come back next year. Yeah. Kamara. And Carpenter can come back on the D-line, Tucker next year, right? Those three guys. Walker and Jones can come back at linebacker. If we can keep that, if if we can figure out a way to keep that group together, or the vast majority of that group. Yeah, or only, only lose one or two. Yeah, I mean, that's like, you're already like legit, legit coming into the season, favored in the Sun Belt. And, the, and I, I mean... You could hear the way the people talking about the American this week. The favorite in the Sun Belt is the favorite for the college football playoff group of group of five slot next year. Like you can call it. I mean, Tulane and SMU exist and you know, those are going to be, that's going to be a thing. But in terms of just best top to bottom group of five conference, when you start the season, you know, if you if whoever's the favorite in the Sun Belt is going to be one of the top three or four favorites to make the college football playoff next year. Mm-hmm. So that's not blowing smoke. That's not unrealistic. That's not a joke. Like, you know, if if you're you know, Tanner Morris or James Carpenter or Zach Horton, like this is your, you know, Jalen Walker, like, I don't know. You want to play anybody want to go to Norman next, next December, <laughs> right? You know, like sounds pretty good to me, you know? Um, I don't know. I just, this team, they're, they're set up pretty well right now. You know, Elijah Surratt, like, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of kids. <laughs> Let's see what happens, you know? So and like I've always said, the portal works both ways. Works both so ways, and it's worked. Nobody's really well. going to keep everybody anymore. That unfortunately is just not well, what college football is. I actually today. have been wondering. You and I've talked about this for a while, Rob. I, I have been wondering a little bit. Like, 
you can't the the best teams can't stockpile the talent anymore either. No, like part of the reason that Wyoming beats Texas Tech or the Sun Belt has five wins over Power Five teams this year is, you know, what, what would nobody would rather be the, you know, on the bench at UVA versus start at JMU. Like that's just where in the past that was like a thing you couldn't, you couldn't solve that immediately. You, so, you couldn't you overcome know. that that perception. A lot of people, yeah, right. And now it's like, well, you know, I mean, we see it with Alabama's quarterback situation, which is crazy to see. You know, to even mention. But part of their problem is like, why would anyone have stayed the last couple of years to sit behind NFL draft picks? You know when they could go start somewhere else. And I just, I don't know. It, 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 the portal definitely works both ways. So yeah, I mean, cause we can sit here and complain about not have, I mean, can you like, we can all imagine what JMU would do with juice Wells and Isaac Uku on this team. And that is, Wells has been hurt so much this year for sure. But, and maybe he wouldn't be hurt playing here. Like in the sense, you know, those are all ifs and buts, but at the same time, like, Tyson Lawton's running over people playing at JMU right now. So I don't know. Let's have fun with it. You know, really? Yeah. The future is very bright. And that includes just what? 13 short days away (laughs) or 12 days. away. That's a big one. That's a big one. This is a big one. So good to talk to you, Rob. Uh, We'll be talking, we'll be talking hoops a little bit next week and getting in your wheelhouse. So yeah. Yeah. Talk to you next week. All right. See you. Go Dukes.